Welcome to the Big Stuff Podcast. Kevin Brockway from CNHA Sports Indiana with Elton Haynes from CNHA Sports Pennsylvania. Elton, uh, we're back for another week uh, talking basketball before Christmas break. And uh, obviously a huge week for Penn State, you know, pulling off the upset against number four Maryland and ranked in the AP Top 25 for the first time since 1996. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, so much is being made of, of the Cotton Bowl coming up for Penn State football, but uh, what, what was the atmosphere like for basketball that night? And uh, well, what's it like in Happy Valley, uh, you know, in terms of uh, uh, the hoop action? Well, you know, they say um, basketball is just a distraction from football season and um, in most years. Uh, I think Pat Chambers and the uh, Nittany Lions are out to kind of disprove that this season. Uh, great energy last Tuesday. Maryland entered that game at 8-0 and um, ranked number four in the country. And uh, I got there about an hour early, and, you know, uh, the gates opened shortly after that. And I noticed, uh, you know, just from the crowd, the uh, early crowd, I figured it was going to be a good a good atmosphere. And uh, that crowd brought the energy. Um, you know, Penn State did what it had to do. Um, really set the tempo early in that game. I believe that uh, Penn State forced 17 Maryland turnovers in the first half, which was just incredible. Uh, took the 10-point lead into halftime and was able to just kind of stave off the late Maryland run there in the second half. But uh, that was a big win, man. That was a big win. Um, you know, Penn State stumbled a couple days before that at Ohio State. It was the first Big Ten game for both teams, and uh, Penn State, I think it was a 32-point loss. But uh, Pat Chambers and Lamar Stevens, we got both of them after the game. And they both were just kind of saying, you know, hey, we didn't want to let that define us. Uh, we wanted to push that, um, you know, push that out of our minds, use it as energy, and uh, rebound. And that, and they did in a big way. It was a huge win. Uh, the 13th win um, – I'm sorry, the ninth win. My, my, sorry, my, the ninth win for Pat Chambers over a top uh, a top ten team, which was uh, – I did not – I didn't realize that, but a big stat for him. And, uh, you know, Penn State returned to the hardwood on Saturday against Alabama, a little SEC Big Ten action over the weekend, and was able to uh, to preserve a 73-71 to victory. Uh, they were rewarded, um, as you saw on uh, on yesterday, with a um, 23 uh, ranking in the AP Top 25 poll for uh, the, you know, give them, make them rank for the first time in nearly 24 years, which is just really incredible. I was going back and looking at some of the uh, – previous Penn State basketball history, and I believe a few years ago they started the season 12-1, and but were not ranked. So that just really shows you the um, the uh, confidence that the, the voters have in this team, really impressed with some of the wins, uh, and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. They've got Central Connecticut State coming to uh, the Bryce Jordan Center on Friday, where they'll look to go 10-2 and before the uh, Christmas break. Yeah, you know, and what's amazing uh, this season, Elton, so far, and, you know, you play these early December conference games, and what we're seeing is home court has been huge, 13-0 and yeah. for home yeah. teams uh, in conference games. And, uh, you know, I, I think everyone expected Ohio State. I was ready. You know, I have a vote in the AP poll. I was ready to vote them the number one team in the country. And then they go to Minnesota and they lose at yeah. Minnesota. Um, so uh, it, it's it's been pretty amazing how important home court has been early this season. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got, a, what, a couple more games? And I was just kind of doing some reading, and depending on how this thing shakes up, you know, all of these teams could be tied for first place heading into the new year, you know. So that's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, you know, 12-0 last week, home teams, like you mentioned, which I, I, I'll be interested to go back and see when's the last time that happened. Yeah, it's um, – listen, Elton, it's uh, 
amazing, you know, uh, you know, home court, you're going to get the whistles most of the time. Uh, you're going to feed off the energy of the crowd. I think that all factors into it, and particularly, you know, early in the season, as teams are trying to find themselves and develop themselves, there's yeah. certainly a comfort level at home. This time of year, too, with final exams, there's kind of a lot on kids' minds. I think also that probably plays into it, the travel. I- I'm yeah. sure there are, a number, there are a number of factors for sure, but, uh, you know, when you look at this week's, uh, you know, uh, AP poll, um, Big Ten still represented pretty well. You've got five teams in the top yeah. five. Uh, you know, you've got Ohio State still at number five. We thought they were going to be number one. Uh, mm-hmm. Maryland, number seven. Michigan, mm-hmm. 14. Michigan State, 15. And Penn State, 23. And then you yep. also have, uh, you know, uh, four more teams receiving uh, uh, votes, including Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, and Purdue. Uh, yep. Indiana, you know, uh, kind of squeaked by with an overtime win against Nebraska, which at the time uh, Indiana fans were wondering, uh, you know, certainly uh, – why they struggled so much with the Nebraska team they lost to UC Riverside in Southern Utah. <laughs> but then Nebraska, they turn around, they go home, and they beat mm-hmm. Purdue. Uh, yeah. And watching Nebraska, I was pretty impressed with, uh, you know, Fred Hoiberg's offense. They played very small. They kind of played four guards and mm-hmm. used their quickness and gave Indiana really some problems there. So maybe that's a team that's just kind of finding its footing under a first-year coach. Yeah, well, you know, he, he um, there was a lot of roster turnover there. Um, not much consistency to build on for him in year one, but uh, you know, he's he's done well. Uh, you know, his in in, um, in the NBA aside, he's a good college coach. You know, he's fun to play for. He's fun to watch, and I think he's been a great addition to this conference. And we're seeing those early dividends on that. Um, I, I got to ask you though, Kevin, out of all the upsets last week, which one really impressed you the most? Yeah, you know, uh, how about Rutgers, you know? That's another one over Seton Hall, right? Beating Seton Hall by 20. Um, Now, Miles Powell, obviously the All-American, was hurt in that game. He was concussed. Uh, It was the largest crowd in the rack in 17 years. But, um, you know, largest margin of victory for Rutgers uh, over a ranked team in program history. Um, And Rutgers' fourth-ranked win under Steve uh, Pykel, so... Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's you know that that's another program too. You know you're you're looking all around this league and you're wondering where are the weak teams, where are the pushovers? I mean Rutgers, yeah. um, you know, yeah. playing well. Uh, Nebraska playing well all of a sudden now playing a little better. I mean mm-hmm. really one through fourteen, I think we're seeing that any team can beat anyone on any given night. Yeah, oh definitely. I'll tell you, Minnesota really impressed me with that. Uh, I would not have pegged Minnesota to beat Ohio State last week. Uh, that one, I think, stuck out to me as being just, you know, in my opinion, the most impressive. Um, you know, the Brad, I mean, I'm sorry, Ohio State came to that game undefeated, you know, a top-five team. And uh, they were just, I don't know, if they, you know, Minnesota's defense or just Ohio State being overwhelmed, but I believe they only shot 38% from the field that game. Um, and Minnesota won the um, rebounding battle 40-28. to 28. So uh, just that, Minnesota definitely surprised me the most last year. Yeah, and, you know, certainly under uh, Richard Pitino, uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, plays an up-tempo style. Uh, they mm-hmm. get after you defensively. They try to get the game going up and down the floor, and certainly they were successful in that uh, in that game against Ohio State. So, you know, kind of looking at the schedule this week, you've got uh, right before uh, the holiday break, uh, you know, you've got uh, one conference game, Michigan State at Northwestern. Um, Purdue is at Ohio uh, tonight on Tuesday night. Southeast Missouri at Ohio State. 
Um, then down the road uh, over the weekend, Maryland at Seton Hall, which will be – That's uh, going to be an interesting game right there. Interesting game, although Miles Powell might still be hurt. Um, and then the Crossroads Classic this weekend, Notre Dame against Indiana and uh, Butler against Purdue. That's always interesting. And Illinois against Missouri in that kind of border war game yeah. uh, as well. Um, and Kentucky against Ohio State uh, in the CBS Classic in Las Vegas. So some pretty good games uh, over the weekend heading into the holiday break. Definitely. That Ohio State-Kentucky game looks to be the most enticing. I mean, it's a good slate, like you mentioned. But I'm really excited to check out that Ohio State-Kentucky um Kentucky game to see how Ohio State bounces back from its first road, from its first loss of the season, going out there to Las Vegas to play right before the holidays. Uh, like Maryland Seton Hall is also a really intriguing matchup. Oh yeah, no question. And uh, you know we'll have uh, Pat Donahue uh, on later from the Tampa uh, Sports Report to kind of break it down and discuss it. But uh, we, uh, you know, certainly uh, I think Kentucky Ohio State. You know, Kentucky's already taken down one Big Ten team in Michigan State yep. very early in the season. Uh, and then, of course, you know, lost uh, to the Evansville Purple Aces the following week. So <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see which Kentucky team uh, shows up. But, uh, you know, under John Calipari, they've got a lot of talent. They, you know, Maxie, the freshman guard, is very good. Uh, yeah. Ohio State, uh, uh, you know, it's 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 going to be interesting because that'll be their uh, third game in the span of six days, and they'll be traveling out to Las Vegas. And you can't uh, kind of discount the travel aspect of that. And, yeah, uh, that know, takes its toll. That definitely takes its toll on, 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 the, on the players of that team. Yeah, and, uh, you know, looking at Indiana and Purdue as uh, two teams, you know, Matt Harms uh, also uh, suffered a concussion in that game against Nebraska, so you got to wonder, uh, you know, how long he'll be out. Uh, he's a big part of what they do, obviously, with his uh, shot blocking and his scoring ability uh, as mm-hmm. well. And then Indiana, um, you know, they're 10-1. Um, you know, however they got there, you know, whether you can question it's a, a, a weaker schedule so far or, uh, you know, maybe they've uh, won some games ugly or won some games where they were favored uh, by more. But, uh, and, mm-hmm. and they still have that 20-point loss at Wisconsin on their resume as a lone loss. But uh, to beat 10-1 and at this point in the season, I think uh, Archie Miller uh, has to be pleased. And Trace Jackson Davis uh, playing really well. He was named uh, Co-Freshman of the Week again this week. Yeah. Well, you know, as someone who covers Indiana, I know that you're really engaged in this offseason and, you know, looking at the roster moves and seeing how things would shake up, you know. Are, are you surprised by this 10-1 start, or were you kind of expecting it? Well, I'm a little surprised in that, uh, you know, uh, certainly the Florida State game I thought was going to be their first loss of the season, and they really kind of pulled it together. Um, and they've played very well in Assembly Hall. Now they were obviously a little shaky in that Nebraska game. But uh, Archie Miller is doing uh, basically Elton what he said he would, which is playing a lot of guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's he's using a rotation of ten to eleven guys. And certainly another guy that really stepped up in that Nebraska game was Rob Finnessy, the sophomore point guard, who's really been bagged up all season. But he made some huge shots in overtime. He scored seven of his sixteen points in the extra session, and mm-hmm. uh, they had just had uh, really kind of a devastating shot by Deshaun Burke. You know, they're up six. Indiana was with forty seconds in regulation. Uh, had a uh, threw an inbounds pass out of bounds on the press, nearly gave up a four point play to tie the game, and then had a, a Nebraska had a three at the buzzer to tie it. So you know the momentum is all going Nebraska's way in overtime, and Rob Finney really studied them by hitting some big shots and making some big plays in overtime. And uh, his health yeah. is going to be really important uh, to this team going forward as well. So uh, certainly, uh, 
you know, uh, I think Archie Miller is hoping kind of a strength in numbers is going to carry him, but uh, we'll see as they get into the meat of their Big Ten schedule. They've got, uh, you know, two more uh, big non-conference games with Notre Dame this weekend in the Crossroads Classic in India, and then they host Arkansas on the 29th of December, and then they get into it with Maryland, which is going to be a really tough uh, test, uh, you know, for their first game in January. Definitely. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, looking looking ahead at Penn State's schedule, I mentioned they've got, uh, you know, Central Connecticut State here on Friday. Um, they break for the holidays, return to uh, the Bryce Jordan Center on the, December 29th to play Cornell. But here's the matchup that a lot of people, I know, here in State College and in the state are really looking forward to. January 4th, Iowa comes to Philadelphia in the Palestra for a, um, uh, you know, old-school throwback Big Ten match here. So uh, I'll be at that one. Um, and, and from there, you know, it, it's full go for Penn State in its Big Ten schedule. Yeah, and the Palestra, in case you haven't been there, Elton, it's a really uh, great uh, basketball venue, one of those old-school great venues. And obviously a lot of, you know, Big Five games over the years with St. Joe's and LaSalle there. You're really going to enjoy that one. Yeah, I was speaking with uh, Dennis yesterday, and he he was mentioning the history and just you know with the um, with the the state the state history with the um, schools here playing there. So I'm definitely looking I'm definitely looking forward to experiencing that and taking that in. Well, we're going to take a break over the holidays, um, and I, I hope it's a great one for you, and hopefully it'll be Likewise. a great one for for me as well. Hopefully, I'll get some uh, good gifts and not any gifts that I want to return, uh, which you know this, <laughs> this time of year is always possible. You never know. Uh, well, I guess I get. should return these. Are you telling me you don't want these socks that I bought you for, uh, for Christmas? <laughs> socks I'll go ahead and really, get them now. Socks are really good, especially if they're warm. We've got about you know four inches of snow outside right now, so I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the warm ones for sure. But uh, we'll be back into January as uh, you know Big Ten uh, season develops. So for the Big Stuff podcast, this is Kevin Brockway from CNHI Sports Indiana with Elton Hayes from CNHI Sports Pennsylvania signing off. Welcome back to the Big Step Podcast. Kevin Brockway from CNHI Sports Indiana. And I am joined uh, by a reporter that covers uh, Maryland, which has been pretty much a top 10 team all season long. Uh, he covers them for Rivals, the Terrapin Sports Report. Pat Donahue. Pat, pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to be on, Kevin. Thanks for having me. No worries, Pat. Um, I discussed uh, kind of Maryland's status as a top-10 team. Obviously, a lot of expectations going into the season. How do you think they've handled uh, those expectations uh, in terms of uh, Coach Sturgeon guiding the team and how the team has played? I think they've handled it well, Kevin. I really have. Um, I wasn't I, you know, I've covered a few other uh, highly ranked Maryland teams uh, over the years, and um, it, it's always they've always kind of seemed to have the mo, at least you know since Coach uh, Turgeon has been there, uh, and I've been covering the team that when they get a number in front of their name, they they tend to have a letdown, and it's, the pressure does seem to mount a little bit. This team seemed to really embrace that from the beginning. Um, had some really nice early season games. They, they've struggled in the first half in almost every game this year, but they've had such strong second halves that the majority of their games have still turned out to be blowouts. Um, but I, I would say really the, their first hiccup along the way, their first kind of chink in the armor was, um, against the, you know, on the road against Penn State. But, you know, every team in the Big Ten seems to be having troubles on the road, uh, this season. I don't think any of the teams have won a road game yet. So it, it could just be that. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, you look at it, and I, I covered uh, Indiana the other night, and Nebraska took them to overtime. Um, and, you know, Nebraska was a team early in the season, really, that uh, looked kind of hapless. It was in the UC Riverside in southern Utah, and then they turn around, they go home, and they beat, uh, you know, Purdue, and then Minnesota beats Ohio State when everyone thinks Ohio State's ready to take the number one, uh, you know, mantle mm-hmm. in the country at that point. So it's it's pretty amazing how, you know, these Big Ten teams are really, uh, you know, uh, stepping up at home. But what was that atmosphere like at Penn State, and what were some of the things that uh, you think from uh, Maryland's perspective uh, went wrong or what, what maybe they didn't do well? Yeah, uh, well, first off, the atmosphere was, was incredible. Um, I've covered a couple games up there at the Bryce Jordan Center before, and that was uh by far the, the best basketball atmosphere I've seen there. Um, you know, Penn State's known for having great football fans, and um, I've always been a little surprised that even though, you know, their basketball program obviously isn't on par with the football program, I've always been surprised that, that you know, that, that great fan camaraderie hasn't really trickled down um, to the to the Bryce Jordan Center. But for that, for that night, it definitely did. It was a packed house. Um, they had a lot of, like, kind of organized um, – chance and like giveaways things they were showing on jumbotron to get the the crowd hype and it definitely worked um the crowd was in it the whole game it was a very close game the whole time and uh, obviously i'm sure you probably saw the, the court storming at the end so that was i'm sure exciting for them and and as a maryland you know writer and, and a maryland, maryland alum myself you know it kind of almost makes you feel like you you arrived <laughs> as a maryland team when a team storms the court after beating you but um but yeah, no. I mean, I think in terms of what went wrong in that game for Maryland, um, they they just got out physical by two grown men in, in Mike Watkins and Lamar Stevens. Um, they're they're great players. They're both going to be All Big Ten candidates. They'll they'll be on some All Big Ten teams, whether it's the first team, second team, what have you. But um, they're 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 seniors. Um, they're physical. They're skilled. Um, and Maryland has a lot of size and a lot of depth down low, but they're all sophomores and freshmen. So I just think that being on the road in a Big Ten game for the first time and then having to deal with that physicality uh, was kind of uh, something that took some time to get used to, and then they ran out of time eventually. Yeah, you know, a lot of attention with Maryland going into the season kind of centered around Anthony Cowan, the senior point guard, and Jalen Smith, uh, kind of that versatile combo power uh, you know, small forward. How would you say they performed early this season, and uh, what are going to be some of the keys uh, for them as this season progresses? You think? Yeah, yeah. They both of them have been excellent. Um, they're, they're, you know, probably the two biggest reasons why Maryland's ten and one and, and still ranked in the top ten. Um, Anthony Cowan, he's been incredible. Um, he not only is. Um, you know, there were some murmurs early in the season about, you know, maybe Big Ten player of the year caliber type, but he's he's playing beyond that. Not only is he in that conversation, but I think if he continues to play like this, he'll be at the end of the year, you know, in the top five to ten for national player of the year conversation. He's playing that well, um, and he's being efficient, too. He's not turning the ball over. He's averaging, I believe, over five assists a game, uh, leading the team in scoring. And the best thing about it is, he seems to have really embraced that point guard role, role where he's not he's knowing when to take over scoring at the right time, but he's playing that facilitator role for the rest of his teammates throughout the game. Um, but he's he's hit some very clutch shots for Maryland at the end of games this year too, which has always kind of been his mo um, in his time at College Park. So I, I really like what I'm seeing out of him. He, he seems to 
you know, taking a step maturity wise and in his game. Um, and then, and then Jalen, uh, they call him sticks. Uh, so Stick Smith, he, um, he, he's skilled. He's as skilled as it gets, as it gets. He's a former McDonald's all American, um, very, very versatile. He put on about 30 pounds of muscle in the off season. So he's not so sticks like anymore, but, um, Still growing, still maturing, still only a sophomore. So, like when he goes up against a Mike Watkins or Lamar Stevens, um, he does struggle a little bit with with that physicality. But he is—he's as skilled as any big in the country, and probably even more so skilled than than those guys. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at the box score. Cowan played 37 minutes uh, in that Penn State game. You know, he's a, a smaller point guard. He's six foot. He's 180. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess when you have that many minutes, you wonder about withstanding. Uh, all the way to March. Uh, are there any guys that can kind of give him a, a little bit of a breather, or is this team really going to ride with him for major minutes at point throughout the season? Yeah, so that's a great question um, because really the downfall of almost every Maryland team I've covered. This is my seventh year covering the team, so I've been through you know the Mellow Trimble era and then the the Cowan era, and the, the downfall of all of those teams has pretty much been the lack of a reliable. Um, backup ball handler, backup point guard, and there's just something Turgeon has not been able to find over the years. This year, they have a sophomore guard in Eric Ayala, who I trust the ball in his hands just as much as I trust, you know, Cowan, and and I I think Turgeon feels the same way. Um, Ayala's a very, he's he's a very old sophomore, literally and figuratively. He's very mature, very crafty, not, not, even though he added to his athleticism a lot this offseason. He doesn't rely on his athleticism. He's a very crafty player, good shooter, great passer, um, definitely someone who can – he's been playing a lot with Cowan already this year too and allowing Cowan to play off the ball a little bit. So I think having that versatility at guard and that depth is something that's really going to help him. But I also don't think that um, anyone on the Maryland team worries about um, Cowan breaking down. This has kind of been his um, – you know, story throughout his entire college career playing heavy minutes. And even though he's small, he's one of the most physically fit athletes. He's, he's kind of built like a, a bulldog. He's very, um, you know, he works on his body a lot and he, and he can take a, you know, a beating. So he, um, he, he, he's like the energizer bunny. I think Turgeon's called him before he, uh, you know, he just seems to go, go, go and never seems to get tired. It's kind of incredible. Yeah. You mentioned that you've been covering the program for seven years. So you've kind of seen the transition, from the ACC to the Big Ten, how do you think the fan bases war- are warming up to those rivalries as opposed to those, you know, longstanding ACC rivalries? You know, when we grew up, we always thought of Maryland as kind of an ACC basketball school. How has how that transition gone, you think? Yeah, I think for the majority. So they switched over to the Big Ten in my either first or second season covering the team. It's hard to remember exactly which. But, um, I, I, you know, I think for the majority of the time, it's, definitely been a transitional period where um, I think Maryland's still trying to figure out who its Big Ten rivals are. I mean, Rutgers is one of the closest teams, and they entered the Big Ten with us, but at the same time, they haven't been very competitive in basketball, and and neither of our teams have been very competitive in football. Um, So... I, I don't know if you know we really consider them a rival. Um, there's definitely definitely animosity between the Penn State and the Maryland fan base, and that even goes you know back to before uh, Maryland joined the Big Ten. So I think that's been kind of the most natural rival. But again, Maryland's been the better basketball school. Penn State's been the better football school. So it's hard to really get 
you know, to have both sides see it as a rivalry. Um, so I don't know. I think I think there still needs to be time and there needs to be history behind some of these um, series for, for a rivalry to develop um, for Maryland, a true rival, like a Duke or, a, or an NC State or a Virginia. Um, but I also, I hear less and less noise about those ACC schools and about those older rivalries um, than I did when I first started covering the team. So I do feel like kind of the the allure of the ACC years is dissipating a little bit. But the Terps fans will always hate Duke, that is for sure. <laughs> no question. <laughs> and they're not alone, trust me. <laughs> there are plenty, no, there are plenty of fan bases throughout the country that hate Duke, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's kind of interesting. you got a, a big game coming up this week before winter break against uh, Seton Hall up in New mm-hmm. Jersey. Uh, Seton Hall obviously coming off a loss to Rutgers and Miles Powell. Mm-hmm was concussed during that game, but what do you see as some of the keys uh, for this big game and uh, kind of going into uh, the last big non-conference test before going into kind of the meat of the Big Ten schedule? Yeah, uh, well, I just followed Seton Hall a little bit. I was planning on sitting down and really diving into uh, them today a little bit so I can write up a preview and, and really get to get get a handle on the game. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be shaping up to be the marquee matchup that it was, you know, the beginning of the season between two top-ranked teams. Um, Seton Hall's had some, some bad luck. They've looked great in the beginning of the season, even in losses to Michigan State, and um, they had another close loss to a Power 5 team that's escaping me right now. But they, they, they've played great in both those games, and they looked like a serious contender. But with the Miles Powell injury, um, you know, he's got a concussion, and, and they said it was a pretty bad concussion, so who knows how long he'll be out. Um, they're also missing their best wing player, um, and and I think, you know, the combination of that is going to make them struggle a little bit. They'll probably have, need a game or two to figure out how to at least play without two guys like that. And um, I don't know, they'll be at home, so they might get a lift from their crowd and, and keep it close against Maryland. But I, I definitely see Maryland having a bounce back win here um in this one and um you know it probably not being the type of game you know the type of down to the wire game that many initially thought um not sure what the spread is right now at this point but i would i would think maryland can win this one um you know pulling away late with their defense so a possible you know eight nine ten point win perhaps yeah, pretty amazing if you think about Seton Hall. They've already faced uh, two Big Ten teams in Michigan State and Rutgers, and now they get another one uh, mm-hmm. coming up. So, uh, Pat, hey, we greatly appreciate your time and your insight, and we'll be looking forward to chatting during the season as well. Hey, no problem. Anytime. I uh, always down to talk some Big Ten hoops. That's Pat Donahue from the Terrapin Sports Report. This is Kevin Brockway from CNHI Indiana on the Big Stuff Podcast.